Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. How do I start this one? Forget. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm the, oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> yeah, I know because because uh, we've been doing spotcast every week, so I've got the spotcasting in my head. <laughs> yeah, that has a different style. And episode three nineteen. So how do I say it? hey everybody? Welcome to more. This is more than just cool. How do I say this? I don't know. It sound weird. All right. Uh, hey everybody, welcome to episode three nineteen of the More Than Just oh, okay, Code thank podcast. You, thank you. Thank you. Okay, got that you sounds go. about right. All right. All right, hey everybody, welcome to episode 319 of More Than Just Code Podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Hyman Lippis Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we have Mark Rubin on the line in San Jose, California. Hello. All right. But Tim, I got to say, you did it wrong. Why? Because you did it right. <laughs> there was no burner <laughs> one in there for those of you who. Uh, I'm don't a professional. In the, uh, recording here. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying, Jaime? I'm saying for those of you who don't participate in the recording, there's usually like a burner one, you know, you just, you know. You, <laughs> One burner, you got to warm up a little bit, you know, just like just, just well, take yeah. the top one off and then just throw it away and then just use the next one after. Yeah, that. but then I also do I also do some editing, so they don't they don't hear the don't the, the second take and the third take. Sometimes I say hi, well, that's why Seattle he's explaining. And, it. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> I know. I guess. This. we assume they don't know. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I've published a few of those a few of those thingies. Anyway, so let's let's dig in. Do we? Oh, God, do we have any fact check? I can't even remember. It's been so long, right? <laughs> you know the the if you didn't figure it out yourself. You, it probably wasn't that important, uh, yeah, but I would say to the listeners, like if you if there wasn't some burning fact that we got wrong, then uh, then it's okay. Yeah. The uh, the statute yeah, of limitations yeah. has expired on these. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, speaking of that, do we have any Ask MTJC, homie? We do. We have one from a longtime friend of the show, Sean Marston. Uh, mm-hmm. Interested to know if you guys have discovered this, uh, quote, non-3D touch issue with new Apple we iPhone 12 issue. and etc. It is far too easy to inadvertently put the torch or flash, if you prefer, when... Uh, yeah. on when pulling it out of a pocket. And and I would say, yes, I have done that and said, why? Oh, that's right. Because it doesn't do 3D touch anymore. I don't have to sort of give it some force. It just you know does a long press timer. And depending how I pull that out of my pocket, I've definitely had the, the flashlight just beam me right in the face. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, I have a, I'm fumbling here in my hand with a, with a new uh, Pro 12 Pro, but it's still, still in the box, even though I've, I have used it and built, did a build to it. But um, yeah, it belongs to the company and 
and uh, but I ha- I I don't tr- I don't leave it on because I want to keep the battery. So yeah, I was going to try it out, but I got to fire it up. And but I ha- I haven't really sort of walked around with it much, right? So yeah, I'm the same way. I I haven't had the problem, but I don't actually put it in my pocket much and walk around with it, it right. these days since I never leave the house. But it, but the often. 3D touch thing is or so I guess I guess the issue is that the older phones still have the mechanism for 3D touch. Is that what the, the deal is? No, the the so I haven't gotten a new phone, and I guess spoilers. We're going to talk about new phones later this episode. With the old iPhone 10 that I used to have, I would almost never accidentally turn on the camera or accidentally turn on the flashlight from the lock screen because you sort of had to give it a little bit of oomph to get it to trigger, right? It's the way the 3D touch worked. Um, but now that they removed that out of iOS 14 and certainly don't have the hardware, I believe, in the new iPhones, it's just, as far as I can tell, just a long press. So yes, it's entirely possible that, you know, as I put my hand on my phone to get it out of my pocket, I might have be, you know, touching the corner and it's like, oh, I feel a thumb there. Great. That's long enough to trigger the the action and fire off the flashlight or the camera. Yeah. So I got to mm-hmm. say that must be, it must be a hardware thing because I have in my hand an iPhone XS and um, when I press down on the, I feel a haptic like click when I do it. But if I just tap the, if I'm sitting here and tapping right, right now, I'm just tapping, you can't hear it, but I'm tapping my thumb on the, on the screen and nothing's happening, but I have to actually hold it or press it or whatever but but i do feel a haptic feedback when when i do that right so well yeah force such definitely was a hardware thing that they've turned off yeah so so what i'm saying is like i'm running 14.1 on on my my personal phone but it's i'm and it's not doing the thing that sean's saying his is doing right so because he's got the new shiny iphone 12 i guess right the 12's out already iphone 12 yeah i know pre-orders happen as opposed to the pro well the the pro the pro 12 order the the regular size 12 was was a pre-order like a couple uh, end of october right Mm -hmm. and then because i just got mine like last week which is beginning of november and then um the i think the 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 12 itself and the mini were were like a week or two later for the pre-orders right i mean and i think like, it was a couple weeks maybe almost three weeks difference because i yeah. was surprised um when people said oh yeah like the minis and, and maxes are being pre-ordered i'm like what really barely you know <laughs> so um yeah I, I i suppose that they're making their way out there yeah i mean i got, I got my phone like right away so i, I had no troubles this this year yeah you have a pro or uh 12 pro or 12 pro max i got the 12 pro okay um, yeah so we'll, we'll definitely yeah, talk about thought, thoughts about those things uh, yeah those were those were available those those were the first pre-order but the max and the mini i think they just came out last week if they've not if not already let me just see here i'm just gonna go and see what's on pre-order do, 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 do. if i go to a 12 yeah it looks like i can buy them now i gotta say so i bought carol a um a red a product red a watch six right not that she needed a watch she didn't she just likes the red and um so we got her that one but i wanted to buy it with the solo braided loop right and i ordered it like you know from the get-go i couldn't order it with the loop like i couldn't order the braided loop um on day one and of course her birthday wasn't until last week so the 14 day you know return it if you don't like it kind of thing had already expired so i'm stuck you know mm-hmm. i mean not stuck but she has a red uh sport band what do you call the sport the one with wraps with the velcro um sport band or whatever anyway but yeah it kind of annoyed me that i couldn't couldn't order the loop right from the, from the get-go i would have waited like a week or two like i'm not you know should let me pre-order it 
What are you going to do? All right, so this next one is PSA. It's kind of stale. Um, I think I posted this back in September, um, so it may still be happening. But this was a weird thing that was happening where um, you might have gotten a, a message from uh, saying something from uh, Google Syndication um, wanted to download an application to your phone and it, or to your, your Mac. And this was something related to, I mean, Apple's done this now with, with most of the things you download from a site for the first time. It asks you if you want to allow downloads from them, and it's part of the privacy thing, but for some reason, this one particular there was a, a rogue ad that had gotten out um, that had a download in it, and uh, so Apple's uh, privacy setting was catching this. And I th- hopefully by now Google has updated this. What's the date on this post? Yeah, September twenty third. Um, it's pretty stale, but yeah, it was just sort of a PSA, and there's a tip here on how you can go in and, and stop it. And what you had to do was actually um, uh, set it to, set your setting to deny when it, when uh, without allowing you know having um, sites ask you if you want to download things down so download things so that was sort of a weird uh, thing it happened to me a few times i think i think one of you guys mentioned it on slack i don't know if you remember or not like a month ago no that one that wasn't me yeah it wasn't me because i'm i'm not using safari so right okay well and and so this is another one too we've talked about um uh, in the past the, the, the trials and tribulations as Jaime likes to say the fact that i'm sort of the test subject because on the on the podcast because i still run i still run with two apple ids right one for icloud and which is my old dot mac uh, uh, mobile me account and my iTunes account is on a different Apple ID, right? And uh, so I've had to add both of those to a family account with along with Carol and stuff like that, so we can so I can have you know my cake and eat it too. Um, and we were looking forward to Apple One, which uh, was which is basically a way to get um, ba- bundled uh, services instead of separate services. Like I pay separately for iCloud now and music, and I, I was trying Arcade and and there's one other thing which I'm forgetting now. News, I think. Um, and uh, last Friday, Apple rolled out the one Apple One, so you can right away. You can so if you haven't didn't know that yet, this may be news to you. But you can you can actually sign up for Apple One now. But one of the things I noticed in in, in reading through the, the documentation is that when you uh, sign up for um, one, Apple One, you can choose which of your multiple Apple IDs will become the primary one, which is the big problem that I've had for the last you know ten years or five years or whatever. Is that Apple wouldn't consolidate my two Apple IDs into one, right? For whatever reason. But um, I guess, you know, their old COBOL archive doesn't, or COBOL database doesn't work to do that. But um, yeah, and I'm, I'm only being partially facetious on that. But the uh, but the fact that now that I can choose the one Apple ID that I want to be my primary, hopefully will take over my family account, hopefully will take over my all my Apple services under one umbrella. So looking forward to that. So that's something that's, that's interesting. And I've, I've asked some of our buddies on the MTJC Slack uh, about their experiences. And one of them said that he's already done this he, he did a, a thing where he was able to um consolidate his accounts into one one apple id which is good all right um next one yeah and this is another one this came up with us at work and uh, we ta- i think we talked about this before that apple changed the privacy setting they, all, they do this every every iteration of ios at least right where they they change the privacy requirements and i think we talked about this at uh during the wwc stuff that they had changed the requirements for privacy settings uh in, in the metadata on your app not necessarily in the app itself i mean you still have to do all the camera and calendar and all that kind of stuff but the the uh, they're asking that you um have all your metadata privacy uh, strings and whatever in your account before you try it before december 8th which is coming up quick right because we're what it's like a month away from now you know three four weeks to get all your your privacy stuff and there's a link here 
this is from the Apple News um, uh, site, and uh, there's a link here on on the details and what they're asking for. If you follow that link through to see what they're what they're asking about, like things like data collection, like if you're collecting data for Google Analytics or whatever, just like websites, you have to sort of um, acknowledge that that kind of stuff. Um, the kind of data that you're collecting: name, address, email address, phone numbers, you know, um, shipping addresses, that kind of thing, payment information, you know, location. They, oh, of course, this this new uh, location setting in um, in uh, uh, iOS 14 takes in, takes effect now because now you can have sort of a, an approximate location or a precise location. Previously, you know, um, an app could tell where you were like within a within a geofence, but uh, now they can only sort of approximate. They're not allowed to if you opt out of letting letting them know exactly where you are. They'll kind of suggest there's a Starbucks near you, kind of thing. <laughs> um, and other thing, other things that might that you might. Want. Well, there's always a Starbucks near you, so that's yeah. Easy. So it's kind of a kind of a bad example. That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, just sort of information like diagnostics, logs, that kind of stuff. Like I think you know, um, as developers, we we hope that our our users will opt into the sending us information on the crashes, so we can you know get the dev- the bug logs from from Apple um, or the crash logs from Apple and fix up our our software. Um, but yeah, just you know, interesting stuff that they've added into this thing. And of course, you know, like I said, December eighth is currently the deadline for getting this stuff in. Um, and I think this article was posted yeah November fifth, like last week. So not a lot of notice, but I, I pretty sure we have talked about this, haven't we? Before you guys remember, it was the like nutrition label thing is what I remember. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, like I don't know if people have these in their countries, but for those who don't know, in the United States at the very least, like which is what I can speak to, if you buy a can of chicken soup, it will show you a nutrition label on the back that one sort of verifies that yes, the ingredients at least vaguely include chicken as part of uh, the requirements, but also tells you like you know this has a ten percent of your daily intake of iron and probably 35% of your daily intake of sodium and et cetera, et cetera. I think that's what this was sort of modeled for. As I remember, if this is the correct privacy thing we're talking about, yeah, it's kind of exactly. a, a nutrition label for what is it that this app does with my data? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I noticed even in Overcast that uh, they're now putting posting in there. And this may be part of this thing that, um, you know, we're, we're, ho- we host our website or podcast with Fireside and Fireside has some, you know, stat- stats collection that they do. Um, so, you know, if you go to more than just code and you click on the, if you go into Overcast and you swipe to the right, you'll see a sort of statement about the fact that we're with Fireside and that and we didn't publish this. Fireside did, right? And then, or maybe Overcast did, and then uh, and then it shows you know what what stats collection they use to to do that to do with that service. So that's an example of, of something if you wanted to go and look at it today, kind of thing. Um, but that's the kind of information that Apple's looking for us to be um, transparent about. All right, um, so Jaime, you're up with Roku. Yeah, I actually just tested this out just a little bit right before this very show. So apparently the Roku devices, or at least some subs out of them, are getting AirPlay 2 and apparently HomeKit, but I don't have any HomeKit devices. Can't test that. But I did test out AirPlay 2 and uh, it looks like it works pretty well. I was able to mirror my screen. Uh, I didn't try pushing it hard with anything like serving a video or anything, but Mm -hmm. it works just like I would expect it to work with uh, an Apple TV. That was pretty nice. So you can, if you're watching a video on your phone, you can push it up to the Roku kind of idea, right? Yeah, yeah. So this was one of the things that uh, when I went down the Roku uh, path, which longtime fans of the show will know that there's a, a, a tangled and convoluted path that the original reasons for going down this route are no longer um, valid business reasons. Uh, and the one last holdout was, oh yeah, maybe I could get an Apple TV once this Roku device dies because the thing I can't do is integrate with AirPlay, uh, but no right. longer. So now they're functionally similar for my use case. And I think this really plays into Apple's sort of um, open 
opening things up more in its ecosystem, given that it's focusing more on services like Apple One. Apple. So do you, so your Roku device is an old, like it's in your TV or something like that, right? Or you have a hardware Roku? I have a, a hardware Roku. It's like a little, um, little brick. Uh, the older one used to be closer to like a hockey puck size, but this one is, you know, more like a small little box and, and it has that connected to the TV, which the TV is just a dumb TV. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Or I have at least a, I, I have treat it like a here. dumb monitor. If it has smart TV capabilities, we never used it. So, right. Yeah. I have a Roku here too, but I've, I've never actually plugged it in. <laughs> My mother has a Roku in her house. That's just why I got one and set up an account so I could see what's going on with it. Um, I have to support it, of course, right? So the Roku that you currently have is an older one, and you're, and you're able to take advantage of this new service. So it's like a software update kind of thing, or yeah, it's not the latest and greatest Roku Premiere. Um, it's at least one year, maybe two years behind. I'm not sure how long ago mm. I got it, um, but apparently it qualified for the the compatibility with this update. Right. I suddenly saw that my Roku was a uh, an AirPlay receivable device when I was looking at my phone. I said, like, "Oh, I guess this article applies to me. Great, I can talk about it." Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, speaking of old. Post. This is one from September too. So, what do you got here, Rami? Yeah, and 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 in the interest of of getting Apple's software and other things onto other uh, ecosystems, uh, this is a post from Swift.org talking about Swift on Windows. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing that there. So, uh, not a ton to say here. It looks like it's the very beginnings, but you know, nice to see that um, Swift can be used outside of other contexts. We certainly we've talked about um, doing things on uh, server side, but you know, mm-hmm. expanding the base to include Windows users. It just adds more people to the language community, nothing else. Right. So how, what does this do for somebody on Windows? Let's them build a little app or whatever? Or? Yeah, they show like a little calculator app type example. Um, I don't know their particulars and what the limitations are. I mean, folks might remember that server, uh, server-side Swift um, didn't have one-to-one parity with things you might do on mm. macOS or iOS, given that a lot of the foundation pieces had to be like foundation, literal foundation, had to be uh, re-implemented to run on other operating systems and not make use of underlying uh, libraries and frameworks that were baked into iOS and macOS. So I, I don't know the details for the Windows side, but I would just assume that you probably will have it. So if you're like really excited, like, oh, now my Swift UI project can just run on Windows, like eh, probably not, but possibly in the future, maybe, you know, keep your hopes up and maybe it'll happen. Or, you know, pull requests accepted, I'm pretty sure. So maybe <laughs> maybe you can be the change that you want to see in the world. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, we, while we were away, we were on break here, um, it was a couple of events, I think, that uh, did the, the iPhone event happened while we were on break, right? The new iPhones that came out? It did, it did. So, uh, as we were sort of saying earlier in the show, the I mean, by now, you know, we have a new iPhone 12, um, iPhone 12 Pro, iPhone 12 Pro Max, um, iPhone Mini, which is a smaller version of the iPhone, uh, still not as small as an SE, I believe, right? And uh, and as, as well, a HomePod Mini, right? Uh, which I think that's sort of, um, somebody asked, well, there's our I think on our um, our Slack channel, they asked if we could talk about uh, our our individual purchases for this stuff. So why don't we just sort of cover off? You want to? What do you? How do you want to do this uh, iPhone uh, stuff here? I, I, one post that I that I put here as a sort of talking point is that um, somebody's done a side by side screenshot of um, or photograph of the iPhone 11 Pro and the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Sorry, are they both Maxes? I guess yeah, they're both Pro Maxes. So the 11 Pro Max and the 12 Pro Max. Uh, one the 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 11 
is a 6.5 inch diagonal screen and diagonally only measured and the 12 is 6.7 so it's it's just like it's like bigger but um it does it's obviously you know in the side by side picture you can see quite a bit how much bigger it is it, i think proportionally the the notch seems to be smaller um you have a pro right i mean just a regular pro you have the 12 pro that's right yeah did you notice that the notch is a little bit smaller than the, the 10 and the 10s i i, I guess i mean I, I didn't scientifically compare this and do measurements <laughs> with my uh my 10 to compare um i i suppose like the screen definitely is noted it jumped right out at me like how much bigger it is compared to the iphone 10 um and the device itself is definitely noticeably bigger so i'm kind of not surprised that the the 11 max 11 pro max and the 12 pro max would would seem different as well i imagine it'd be just as as noticeable to you uh, if you upgraded from one to the other yeah actually just turning on this this uh pro the, the 12 pro that i have in my hand you know it, it doesn't look that much different i mean the 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 width of the earpiece is is narrower and of course it's got the metal edges like the uh four and five right yeah. with the antenna brakes in it looking at the picture it looks like the physical size of the notch is actually the same on both devices but just but because the screen is bigger in the in on the 12 pro max it really the, the notch looks relatively small it's a little candy box that this phone comes in right <laughs> without the power that was a big we i think we talked about this before was the fact that we were anticipating that it wasn't going to be a, a power brick inside uh, what else and we, we were right and and the earphones or we don't have earphones so it only comes with a power no there is no power brick it's basically a usb cable usb-c cable to lightning the lightning that's it yeah and then um the phone itself right so and paper like a paper box and, and a much smaller box too like no, no no plastic in the box at all so which apple's been moving towards um you know sort of more environmental environmental packaging and it's in my ipad pro and my mac that i got this year was all sort of paper-based uh cardboard-based stuff not no plastic in the in the packaging at all which is cool so yeah what do we what do you want to talk about with these with these phones what do you what did you did you order a phone mark i did i got a 12 pro okay you got so we all have pros 12 pros nobody decided to go with max this year no i never go with the max i, I think right. they're just for me they're just too big yeah yeah i mean i had the max six max and and it didn't didn't enjoy it at all what about you jaime you had a max yeah i, I considered point. going the max size because i had previously had the six plus and the seven plus and those were really kind of nice for the time it was sort of like having a as close as you could get to an ipad in your pocket that you might reasonably <laughs> get without it being a foldable phone and and it was actually pretty useful when i was working in an office as an ios engineer and say hey i've got this idea and you could show somebody and they didn't have to squint like they could see it from the other side of the room right in a conference room working from home I'm like well that's kind of less interesting as a as a parlor trick and i've enjoyed the very nice pocketability of the iPhone 10 and this device is is noticeably larger but not weirdly or obsessively so so it, it seemed like a good fit for me and i think yeah i think if i had gone the max i probably wouldn't have enjoyed the the lack of pocket space um, that, that it would incur. But I mean, the, the downside is I don't have the, uh, the fancy pants, uh, camera setup that the max has this year. Right. So there's, there's some trade-offs there. But is there a difference? Is, does the max have that much of a difference camera? That was the same camera. I don't believe it is literally the same. I believe this is, uh, one of those years where there is a difference. I don't recall what the difference really? is. Okay. Um, but I mean, they're all, they were all really close this year. I think if you wanted something smaller, like an iPhone SE, or at least closer to it, I think the iPhone 12 mini is probably a 
pretty good choice for folks. Right. Yeah. But but it's still bigger than an SE though, right? Uh, uh, Mini, I believe it is. Yeah. I believe the Mini is similar to like a iPhone 8. The pixel size is different, obviously, because we're going from 6.1 to 6.7. So it's almost a full inch there. I guess it would be like a half inch tall. I'm just looking here. Camera, camera, camera. Nope. Identical cameras, I mean. They have the same, same camera. I thought there were some difference with the Max this year. Like I know last year there was no Oh, sorry. The aperture. There's a, yeah, you're right. The aperture is different. But yeah, usually they do side by side numbers. But yeah, they've got one one paragraph here for the uh, for the cameras. They both have 12, 12 megapixel. Um, ultra wide is 2.4. Aperture wide is 1.6. The, the aperture, the lower the number, the aperture, the more light you can get into your lens and you know get a lower light uh, shot in focus. So the iPhone 12 Max has a larger aperture. For, uh, it's 2.2 as opposed to 2.0 between the 12 Pro. They both have the same optical and digital zooms. Oh, sorry, five times optical zoom range on the on the Max. That's another advantage. Yeah, so it is slightly different. But in terms of in terms of the megapixels of the camera and that kind of stuff, they're they're essentially the same. And they both have lidar now, right? They have lidar camera. I believe they do. Yeah. Yeah. So for for me, I mean, I like it. Uh, I haven't really pushed the camera in any reasonable way. I mean, I, I guess I could turn down the lights and try out night mode in my own house, but mm-hmm. uh, being quarantine lockdown, at, at least just staying home during the pandemic, I haven't had the uh, at the bar with friends sort of. Uh, you know, field test that would normally happen with these sorts of uh, night modes. Um, I'm pretty satisfied with it as a phone. I, I do think as much as there are nice things about the new, um, you know, squared off edges uh, mm-hmm. of the phone, reminiscent of the iPhone 4, um, while there is something better in grippability, it, I, I don't believe this will slide off of your desk as an example, Tim, which was a, a problem with the 10. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 10 was like a bar of soap, apparently. But uh, I do feel like this is less elegant. Really? Design. Oh, I, like, I, I, I just I like I like, like the square it, edges myself. I feel like it's like more functional, but clunkier in, really? in how mm. it feels to me, going from directly from the 10 to... Well, the, there's no curved glass it, anymore, right? Like, they had to have curved glass on the previous models, right? On the edges, the edge, the edge of the glass is curved, but here it's just flat, right? Um, I get what you mean. I mean, it's it's it kind of has more of an industrial feel, yeah. right, as opposed to a luxury feel. I, I know what you mean, but I kind of like it. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. It, I mean, it, 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 yeah. it's more... And I think, Tim, you're talking about, like, there are very many objective reasons why this is better than the device that I gave up. Yeah. Um, but just the the feel of it just seems less elegant. And that's a very, very subjective sort of thing. And it might just be a me thing, right? Well, it's more Bauhaus than Art Nouveau, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Does I this qualify as a brutalist thing? <laughs> I see brutalists thrown around a lot. Yes, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's industrial. It's sort of industrial would be the right way to say it. Or, or steampunk, I guess, too. Um, so here's a question for you guys. Well, if it was I, steampunk, you'd need to have a, like a zeppelin attached to it true yeah yeah some leather (laughs) on it yeah for sure um so the question for you i mean notwithstanding we're all sitting at home and we're like you know hiding away from the coronavirus um uh l sort of the the 5g have you guys noticed any difference in in service cell service or speed or whatever i I can't say anything because i actually haven't activated my my cellular yet (laughs) oh really what (laughs) yeah i know Uh, long story (laughs) oh okay okay yeah so i mean i got the phone but it just doesn't work as a phone yet oh so you're using it as a big ipod exactly yeah i will do that soon enough. the ipod 12 um how about you Hami? yeah i i haven't seen the various forms of 5g like i have been connected to 5g mm-hmm. but on verizon they have like 5g and then 5g slightly gooder and then 5g ultra wideband which i think is the best on verizon i do not believe there is any of the ultra wideband stuff anywhere even vaguely close to me so the the little 
little um, the little window that it has for those of you who have American models. Um, it's got a little window on the side where where, where all the five G goodness penetrates through. Apparently, oh right, um, yeah, 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 right. My, my I've not taken advantage of that because I don't think they have it here in the Seattle area. Um, I have been connected to what I believe is the baseline five G. It seems approximately the same as LTE. I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like a more uh, more consistently um, or consistently high download rate LTE instead of being kind of sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, depending on the rain sort of thing with Verizon. Though so I, I I think this from a, like like if five G was going to be your make or break, I wouldn't necessarily buy the phone just for that. Uh, look at it as more of if you're going to hang onto this phone for a few years, it's probably a pretty decent investment that you don't get left behind and be like, oh no, my, my phone sucks because it only has LTE. Um, <laughs> it, it it just isn't as far as I can tell. Again, from the Seattle area, I can't tell that it's um been useful for me, but I I also don't live like in the downtown area, so maybe they have the hours up there or something. Right. Interesting. So yeah, I forgot about you got that little glass uh, antenna on the side, right? For your 5G? I don't know. It was a glass. I never actually tried. Well, you said glass. I don't know. We don't have the it's little, little Well, I call it a window because it's like, a, okay. like they, they clearly had to machine a little hole for the, yeah. for the the metal, but I don't know if this is like a there's, But there's something in there like plastic, plastic or whatever, right? Yeah. Some, some, some non-metal plug is there in the uh, on the side. It's about the same size. So I'm looking at the Canadian side because I was, I was just, while you guys were talking, there's like a gazillion different configurations of, you know, GSM and Edge and whatever and, and LTEs and 5Gs and whatever. Um, it's it's like there's a hodgepodge of, of things, too much to go into. But it does say here at the bottom, there's a link, uh, maybe I'll put a link in the show notes, is to identify your model number. Um, head over to this link to check it out for details on 5G and LTE support. Because um, as you were saying, and as I realized I was on the Canadian side, I wonder, because it's got model numbers here for me. It's got like model A A2406 and A2410 um, and then though and they have different kind of configurations for their for their service. Yeah, the model numbers are different in the US than they are in Canada. So you're 2341 and 2342 that I just say. Yeah. So so clearly there's like different configurations of these actual fi- phones based on where where they're being sold, right? So like you've got AT&T Sprint, Mo- T-Mobile and Verizon and of course we're Rogers Bell and doesn't even say who we are here in, in Canada on the on the website. But um, yeah, so that's interesting. The fact that we're, we're uh, there's another digital divide between us, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure why. I guess at scales, scales that iPhones are made, it, maybe it made sense to not make all the phones exactly the same. I'm a little unclear why the American one is, is different versus, oh, well, if the American one needs to support this, let's just go ahead and, and make all of the phones like that. And yes, it won't be active in your particular country, but it means we save on variability. I guess maybe the cost of yeah, that, that particular if that thing, whatever that thing is, is an expensive thing, then it might make sense to do that. Well, there's also regional regionalization and, and you know, like you have to get, like we have a, a like a federal um, standards, see uh, something or other that looks at, um, you know, radios and stuff like that in our phones and or devices, including computers. And you guys have a different um, set of standards, you know, for, for safety and whatever and compliance and stuff. And I do know that uh, Macs and, and uh, sold in Canada and the U.S. are different too, right? I mean, like they're essentially the same, but I think the licensing is different, right? Like my serial numbers all start with with the letter C. What, what's your serial number on your Mac? Start with there, just out of curiosity. On the Mac? Yeah. You know, if you go to uh, Mac? It starts with C. Does it? Yeah, oh, okay. C. Yeah. C is in Charlie. C yeah. zero something? Hmm. Okay. Charlie zero two. zero two Z. Yeah, there goes that theory, right? <laughs> Wait, you have a Canadian version, Tommy? With a Z? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, right. It's all it, it's slow because of all these superfluous U's in there. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking yeah. at one of Apple's support things. So I've only ever seen the 5G icon in my status bar. It looks like I think maybe 5G Plus might be AT&T's, and then 5G UW is um, only it's the millimeter wave one that's only in certain areas. And I definitely have not seen either of those other icons in there. Hmm. Traffic's back enough to normal that I don't think I want to do like a, a little road trip just to try this out and see because it would just be a very, very long commute. Yeah. Well, you can always turn your Wi-Fi off and check out your, your LTE, right? Or your speed. Well, I know that here in my little area, I don't, you know, I, I've never seen anything other than the normal 5G icon. And maybe if I went oh, closer changes, to like right? CenturyLink Field or something, um, maybe I'd be able to see it. But um, so what you mean, like there's visually a different different thing. Like I think mine probably says LTE on it. It doesn't say anything on mine. Hmm. Yeah, I have seen it drop to LTE um, when it was raining pretty hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I do know the icon changes, but I've never seen it go to the 5G UW. All right. Cool. Yeah, maybe I'll throw that link in the show notes so you can see what I'm talking about. So did, so I guess the next question, since we're going to the next article, did you guys get the MagSafe adapter for your phones or the MagSafe cases? I did not. No. So the, the, the lead in here is that uh, Apple has, has launched, uh, this is on November 7th last week, it launched an iPhone 12 Studio where you can mix and match cases and uh, different kind of things to try and configure the correct, you know, the, the best optimal case and, you know, whether you want to have like cards carried on the back because uh, Apple has a bunch of MagSafe, um, you know, wallet attachments that go on the back of your phone, different, you know, leathers and stuff like that um, that you can try out. So, which is kind of cool. So the iPhone 12 Studio, they're calling it, uh, to go and mix and match. And I guess like your, if you're if you're so inclined to have a different uh, watch band for every day of the week, you may have a different, you know, MagSafe case for every day of the week. I guess, right? You guys haven't thought about, you know, what you would do, like in terms of getting a different case or different configuration, that kind of thing. Yeah, I haven't thought that far ahead. You know, so again, I leave the house so rarely these yeah, days. Yeah. I don't really think about having to put the phone in a case or anything like that. I, I will at some point. So was your I, your motivation for getting a new phone because you were on the plan or because you you needed a phone for development? Or uh, Honestly, I hadn't bought a new phone in a while and I just had the itch. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, my plan expired a long time ago. So, you know, I'm, I, yeah, that wasn't really um, anything for me. And, and, and I don't need it. I don't necessarily need the latest and greatest for development these days. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I was still carrying around the same iPhone 10 for years. Mm. So I figured it was time. Sure. sure. It's funny because Paul Hudson was saying on Twitter, I don't know if it's been resolved by now, but he's on a plan in the UK and he can't get the phone because they don't, the stores aren't open, right? So he can't go, they won't send him a phone he has to be able to go in person and, and get it and for some reason no, no. yeah so it's kind of weird he's they're happy to take his money but they can't send him they can't get him a new phone so i don't, I don't know if that's been resolved or not but uh, that was something he was he was talking about on twitter a couple of days ago that kind of stuff so that's cool yeah the confusion around whether i would need to be in person at a store in order to do the iphone upgrade program which i am not on um made me say whatever i'll just buy the phone i'll get apple care and next year i can deal with this presuming that you would have uh, you know a, a post-COVID world at that point, so mm-hmm. I did not buy um, a case. Uh, not necessarily because I work from home or stay home a lot, but because I 
have been going caseless since the iPhone 5, uh, just mm. my, my iPhone in his birthday suit. Um, I did consider getting the little like wallet thingy on I'm like, oh, okay, that could be kind of useful. I might just want to run out with just my, my phone and my watch and, and you know, one or two cards with me. Um, I didn't go that route and I didn't get the MagSafe charger because I have a um, Nanami Key? Yeah. charger that, that works pretty well. I have it on my desk. Um, I, obviously, it doesn't do fast charging, but not usually in a rush to, to charge stuff. And if I ever was, I did actually buy the power brick, the, what is it, 20 watt USB-C power brick for uh, mm. my phone since it did not come in the box. And, all right, uh, all right. I'll be prepared for next year when the 100% recycled brown paper bag is what my iPhone arrives in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it won't even it won't even come in a box. It'll it'll just be digitally downloaded. It'll be a virtual phone. Yeah. That you yeah. can just download. <laughs> yeah, you, down, you print it on your 3D printer, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so this this week uh, just on Tuesday, um, you know, we've all, we've all been talking about the Apple Silicon chips and stuff like that coming, um, and we were anticipating that uh, the, the one more thing event that they had this on Tuesday um, was supposed to roll out um new what and what are going to be the first uh, iterations of these these um, Macs I mean the DTK has a, I think it's an A12 chip in there um, the little Mac minis that we all got at WWC or some of us got at WWC um, to play around with it um, but now yeah now you can order uh, this was this was rolled out at the event on um, Tuesday um, Tim Cook and team um, I made some notes of the names some of the names of the people um, they announced uh, the first Mac is going to be a MacBook Air which is kind of cool. And and as a MacBook Air, I've been using MacBook Air since they first came out. Um, this year I went back to the uh, MacBook Pro 13 because they're practically the same size. And there was a couple of things that I could get more um, uh, disk and I could get more RAM in a Pro than I could in a, in a MacBook Air. Plus it has four USB ports. So that's why I went with the, the, Pro, the um, 2020 Touch Bar MacBook Pro that I have now. Um, but John Turnus was introducing the new um, Mac Mini, or sorry, macbook air um design and and it's pretty slick looking thing i mean you know the whole the the i guess we can talk about the chip itself i guess mark right with the whole system on a chip ram and gpu and right inside the cpu right or- yeah the chip looks pretty hot um it's got all sorts of cores it's got those high performance cores and it's got those you know lower performance but sort of everyday kind of cores and and presumably ios is smart enough to know which which to do where and that's in addition to the to the gpu cores that are off on the other side of this of the thing. I mean, there's no no surprise to me that this thing is blazing fast. I mean, this there's there's a lot of power on that thing. There's no bus Pretty to go cool. across. It's just running across the the five nanometer design buses, right, or transistors, right? That helps. Yep, that helps. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool looking thing. And so this is the M1 chip that we're talking about, which is the first iteration. We got three Macs. I mean, basically the Mac Mini uh, as well as the MacBook Pro 13 two port version, not the four port. Uh, that's coming later, I would think. Um, what do you guys think about it? I think I'm going to get one. I still haven't decided which one yet. Uh, I think I've ruled out the the Pro. Yeah. Uh, for the simple reason that I think I'm going to invest in a high-end Pro when they're available. Right, right. But they're not available yet. But I do need something sort of as a stopgap because my wonderful MacBook Pro 15-inch 2013 is seeing, you know, it's long, seen better long days. Long in the tooth, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So I got to get something. Uh, and so I, I'm really kind of torn between 
a Mini and the Air. Uh, I think I may be actually, this may surprise you, leaning towards the Mini. Really? Uh, oh. Because I, yeah, because because I am viewing it as a stopgap that I can use later for like, you know, if I want to use it as a server or something like that later on. So if in a year or so I buy a, a nice fancy laptop, then I won't have this like still nice, but not as useful laptop that I invested in just a year before. Yeah, funny. Yeah, it, that's, it, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, I have a couple of minis too. Well, I have three technically because I have the DTK here as well. But um, And I use them primarily for backups and stuff like that and for, mm-hmm. for serving mm-hmm. media and things like that. But um, and, and it's a funny story is my, my 2010 MacBook Air came home two weeks ago. So I've now got, and, and along with the second one, so I've got a 2010, a 2012, a 20, and two 2013s um, now in the house. And like just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rich with MacBook Airs. But, um, you know, I, I think for the same reasons that I that I went with the MacBook Pro this year, right, in the 2020 trackbar version, I mean, that was another condition. Another another thing for me was the, track, the, the Pro has a trackbar as well. And I am a trackbar fan, track fan. I would probably touch go with... Touch bar, you mean, right? Touch bar, yeah, yeah. I, bar. <laughs> they all have trackbars. Um, yeah, touch bar. I mean, from a performance point of view, they're very similar. But, I mean, yep. uh, what I like about the Air, though, is, is the portability, right? So, mm-hmm. like, the fact that I can sit on the couch and tool around with it. But, like, you know, like I said, I've got tons of MacBook Airs around my house right now. So Right. And, and part of part of that is, part of this decision is because of my work style, is I, I always use yeah, a wireless keyboard show, right? and a wireless trackpad. Yeah, yeah. And you and, and close lid, right? And I keep the lid closed all the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. So then there's then there's the question, well, do I want it to be portable in terms of going out and about? And it, it's the same argument. Well, if in a year I'm going to buy a new laptop, yeah. probably in the next year, I'm not going to be out and about all that much <laughs> if things are going, continue going the way they're going. So, yeah. So these all are sort of pointing me in that direction. So it's basically a desktop Mac. I mean, like with, with the monitor yeah. you have now, you have a 5K exactly. monitor, right? And and yeah, so you basically, it's like having, a, like we're not even talking about iMacs, right? Like in mm-hmm. this conversation, like I don't think any of us, I mean, I, well, I have an iMac here at the house, but we rarely use it anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, because I mean, I guess that would be the next sort of, I think the next version to try and get out there and get on the market would be would, would be a, an iMac for Apple, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know if they, would they go with the pros and the next iteration? I don't know. Like they might, right. you know, Why not? like, I mean, maybe in December they'll come out with an iMac for, to try and get the Christmas sales. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean like the thing about it is like, I guess, I guess December of this year, not this year. Yeah. This, year, this year. year, this year. Oh, you think they'll do a, yeah, iMac pretty quick. I mean, like, how long would it take to do an iMac? Not very long. Right. Essentially. Right. What, what's, what's to stop them from putting like, or, or they just going to not skip over the iMac. Right. Cause essentially it's a, it's a monitor with stuff in it. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. you know, well, I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think it would be particularly hard for them to do it uh, but mm-hmm. but I, I sort of think they would have announced it all in the same announcement if they were gonna don't you think yeah do you think I don't know I think another announcement I think well I think the mini yeah. the mini in the air makes sense from the point of view of it it's a first step right I think they probably mm-hmm. needed to do a pro for marketing reasons because you know uh, the Mac I think they said the 13 pro is the most popular Mac that they sell right so because I mean even when even when the, the touch bar first came out they still had the function key version right and that was still selling quite well right so I think the low end MacBook Pro is probably looks like probably a student machine, you know, like for for education for colleges and high school, right? Um, and I'm trying to think. I can't really think of any reason. I, I did post here in the link. We should probably look at that. I got the side by side links of all three because um, I think the the Pro and the Air are very close together in terms of configuration, right? Battery life is two hour different. Um, yeah, the Touch Bar the difference is Touch Bar on the Pro versus no Touch Bar on the, the Air. The the chip is the same on all three of them. Same memory configurations. Yeah, six, 
16 gigabytes upper limit on the memory. That's I think that's a showstopper for a lot of people. Uh, but storage, all three have the same storage comp- capabilities. You can go up to two terabyte. Mm-hmm. Start with 256, go up to two terabyte. Um, the uh, the display is is virtually identical between the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro 13, um, except for the the uh, the 13 is, has a slightly brighter display. Um, and then just the size, right? Everything else is pretty much. Did oh, you mention stereo. battery life? Hmm? Did you mention battery life? Well, the battery life is two hours different, so it's like 18. Yeah. They're claiming 18 hours on the on the Air and 20 hours on the Pro. Right? But my thing, the thing about my, my the way I read these battery life things, it's like you turn it on and don't touch it. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. use it. Open up Xcode. All bets are off. Right. Um. The, I think the sound is different too. Yeah. So they've got uh, slightly different, slightly better sound in in the um in the in the Pro model. Um. Yeah. So so essentially, yeah, they're 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 pretty much the same, right? So and and of course with the Mini, you don't get the keyboard and the trackpad. You have to buy those keyboard and or mouse. You have to buy those separately, right? So what's the difference in price? They start at six ninety nine, I think. Minis. Yeah, it's only a couple hundred bucks difference. Actually, it's not that much. Oh, eight nine oh eight ninety nine Canadian. Oh, the mini. You mean the min, the Mini to the, the Mini? Yeah. Oh, the Mini to the Air is let's see the high end mini starts at eight ninety nine base price mm-hmm. and the st- the higher end air starts at what twelve ninety nine is that right yeah yeah what's the difference in in price between the air and the, the pro that's the one that's only a couple hundred bucks mm. surprising oh but you can get the air and gold though Mark that's the difference oh well that's true <laughs> and yeah. you know you want that gold uh, gold sure gold Mac right <laughs> Jaime you've been quiet yeah because I uh, I won't be purchasing one um, they do seem I mean just pretty fantastic I have the 16 inch macbook pro that's uh all oh, right <laughs> actually slightly less than a year old i'm like i'm just gonna ride this one into the ground or yeah. kind of like mark this might just be the stepping stone towards if something else comes out you know they're like hey this is a, a 32 gigabyte um pro maybe i'll jump onto that or something it, it's not like i need to drop uh drop everything and go right into to this there will be a little bit of a transition period so yeah. i can i could just swoop in once everything has been sorted out um and that's just because i happen to have um bitten the bullet and decided to upgrade my 2012 MacBook Pro, which was seeing its final days. Right. But it, it, it does seem really great. Um, I was really, really shocked at how they said, like, oh, all these separate chips? Yeah, that's just one chip, now, one system on chip. Um, and, and look at these these stats that we're getting. And I also thought, like, well, you know, they could have waited until they had the 32 gigabyte capacity um, laptop. Uh, but they can always do next year the M2, the search for more money yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. space balls and, yeah, yeah. and get people who who thought that this wasn't enough. Great, we've uh, we got the second round. Here's here's more. Yeah, yeah. By the way, for those of you yelling at your screens, there is a difference in the power supply. The uh, the battery on the Air is forty nine point nine watts and watt hour, and the um, Pro is fifty eight point two watt hours. And of course, the Air comes with a thirty watt adapter, and the Pro comes with a sixty one watt adapter. So, uh, oh, it says USB power port. What's the difference there? Hmm. The Air not have any USB power. What's going on? It, mu- it has to, right? Yeah, two does, two USB, a... two USB. Uh, yeah, I guess you don't have as big a bag of dongles if you only have two ports, because one port's going to be using for power unless you pass through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's cool. I mean, I mean, so let's move on to the next story, which is the. Uh, this is you know courtesy of a couple of people. Um, Bevan Anderson on our on our MTJC Slack posted this, and uh, 
and another friend of mine just posted it as well, that somebody's already done a benchmark between the Apple uh, Silicon M1 chip on the MacBook Air versus the high-end 16, high-maze high-end, I might point out, 16-inch uh, MacBook Pro, and the Air comes out on top with the M1. Have you guys looked at this uh, Geekbench score here? Pretty impressive. Yeah. Geekbench 5. I mean, that's one of the things where uh, I know there's going to be weird hot takes out there of like, oh, it doesn't do better than this thing. It's like, well, I mean, they, they weren't replacing the entire Mac line here. And in fact, no. the fact that they went with as many models as they did surprised me. I thought it'd be one version, like mm-hmm. just the laptops or or just, you know, like a desktop or something. Um, and to get the Mini and the Pro in there um, really, really kind of surprised me. I'm like, oh, what the heck are they going to have available for a an iMac or a Mac Pro in the future? I mean, it's going to be amazing given what they're already doing with this first iteration, first releases of stuff, right? Like it's, right. it really makes you think like, wow, so if you're Intel, what 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 do you do well? I mean, it's like you, you had, you know, lost the battle in, in battery consumption long ago uh, or just never decided to fight it. And now it looks like they've pretty handily lost the, you know, the power in terms of, you know, processing performance um, stats. So it, it's kind of interesting to see how just not really out of nowhere, because if people have been listening to this show, you've certainly heard us talk about Apple's prowess in this. But for the like normal person on the street, it was like, holy smokes, this thing is suddenly way better. Like, why is why is mm-hmm. this laptop get half as much battery life as this other one? Oh, well, this one is the Apple Silicon. Oh, okay, cool. I guess I'll buy that. Yeah, the one article we skipped over too was the uh, Apple's M1 chip claiming to be the fastest laptop in the world. And um, according to independent uh, studies, it has turns out to be true, right? So did you have a look at this one, guys? This article from 9to5Mac? Two links above on it's the show the notes. same study though, isn't it? Is it? The Geekbench? Yeah. Is it? Wait. Yeah, I think it's just a different article talking about the same study. This one that says detail and and the text says the M1 chip is... Well, maybe not, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, Apple was claiming throughout the whole thing, and they showed a few um, a few things, like uh, um, they showed some charts and things like that, which were pretty vague in terms of there was no sort of uh, metrics other than other than this is where they kind of, this is where they got to a certain threshold that, you know, Apple was here earlier in their little, you know, little curve graph that they had there, you know, in terms of GPU performance and CPU performance versus Intel. Yeah, but it's, it's as a function of power, right? That's the important thing, mm-hmm. right? So for the same amount of power, you get way more performance. That's what they're showing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's true that they're not showing any actual labels on the y-axis. So what performance metrics are they actually using? Uh, however, uh, if they're even close to being what they're showing in the in the plots, that's a pretty amazing uh, difference. So yeah, it would be nice to see some actual values, but but it, it looks pretty impressive. They're showing. Yeah. I mean, they haven't done any side by side comparisons with the DTK and and my current Macs, but uh, I do know, like, you know, if you open up, when you launch Safari, things come up pretty quick on it, though. Mm-hmm. That's on the A13, I guess, right? Pretty cool. And I guess the other sort of thing that comes along with this, I, I don't know if you guys have been following, but the Big Sur um, beta has been in beta for quite a while, and mm-hmm. they even have an 11.1 now, I think. Um, and it's now in, uh, they're not calling it GM anymore, they're calling it uh, Release Candidate, you know, in keeping with the losing the M word. Um, but yeah, so uh, you can today, as of today, as a recording of November 11th, you can um, you can download the the profile and get uh, Big Sur uh, 11.1 release candidate installed onto your Mac. Um, but I believe it's coming tomorrow, Thursday, officially. So that's uh, another big. I mean, that usually comes with new new computers as well, right? So that's cool. And I've been using Big Sur on one one of my test machines here for a couple of months. And compared to uh, you know on a work machine, and compared to my current work machine, which is Catalina, you know, virtually the same. I've had a few issues with with uploading 
doing the the or updating the the beta the from one to the other but that's kind of a minor annoyance um generally speaking it's it's pretty looking a pretty looking uh thing i'm running a beta copy of um microsoft office on it too with a nice a nice rounded looking you know ipad-y uh kind of interface like it's uh the edges are smoother and you know than they are on on catalina and, Ma- and mojave so looks nice <laughs> and it performs well i haven't had like i mean like you know what i mean like every every time there's a new os there's always some sort of little surprise in there um mm-hmm. my you know the concern i think it would have for for um these apps is is native compatibility and back that said i think a couple of the people and i got one of these emails today too um apple is uh that's another thing too that i, I haven't seen on the beta um of big Sur, but you can run ios apps on the m1s right um ios and ipad os um and so i apple must be going through testing because we've all i've gotten an email today i don't know if you guys have saying that you know some method or whatever is not supported on the m1 um in some of my ios apps right so they're obviously going through and testing testing yes, our apps yeah. compatibility right so for me it was multi-touch in one of my apps oh, really it's not, hmm. it's not supported on that hmm. multi-touch is the multi multiple fingers or yep hmm. okay yeah so one one was a, a sticker pack that we had done which is really surprising because i mean sticker packs are pretty much just put a bunch of stickers in a folder and <laughs> images in a folder yeah. and publish them right yeah. so we didn't do anything special for that particular app but yeah I haven't, I haven't got any more of these but uh interesting that these are coming through uh oh but i did i got another one that's live as we see here we does not follow one or more of apple review guidelines oh no my app's been out, which is not surprising considering it's a really old app. I have to go to the Resolution Center and check this one out. It does not follow App Store review guidelines. Well, wow, how about that? Hmm. I guess this is another way to call apps, right? From the App Store? Yeah, I mean, it effectively ends up having that sort of effect if, um, mm-hmm. if you're going to maybe be multi-architecture, multi-platform. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week, so we should get into our picks. What do you think? Sounds good. Mm-hmm. You thought I was going to end the show there, didn't you? Um, <laughs> all right, how you up first? You got a couple here, right? Yeah, one is a, a little of an older one that's the uh, the untold history of macOS system preferences which if you wanted to see what the things look like look like in macOS 10.2 Jaguar up to um, let me see I have to look at this little gif how far did they go do they go all the way to I mean it's kind of amazing seeing it went from sort of pinstripe very heavily textured sort of look and then you get up to Sierra High Sierra Mojave that start losing a lot of that stuff and Catalina and Big Sur you can see the big jump in things and yeah, kind of nice to see how they've evolved and, and sort of slowly over time it wasn't like i ever really noticed that oh yeah the keyboard icon looked different or the displays look different but when you see them next to each other from you know version to version it's very stark and kind of kind of cool in a nostalgic kind of way yeah the energy saver one is pretty interesting it starts with an incandescent light bulb and then moves to a fluorescent i think now in, in the last one it's an led right yeah which an l capitan it's switched to an led lamp light i think it goes to battery in this one coming in mojave big Sir, yeah, Big Sur becomes a battery icon, which is cool. And the mouse also changes along with the different mice that we've had over the year, right? Over the years, right? Yeah, yeah. Because when this started, we didn't have um, infrared uh, mice; we still had mouse balls. <laughs> then the magic mice came along, and yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I've you know, of course, I've lamented or seen seen.
between all of these various things. I still have Macs running some of these older OSs too, which is kind of fun. I really liked the beta when it first came out, but of course it was very impra- very impractical. <laughs> Not much ran on it natively, I mean. That's cool. What's your next pick? Next one is a two-parter. The first one of that part is the YouTube video that is the complete 66 Mac versus PC ads plus Mac and PC, WWDC intro and Siri intro. It is sadly not complete. Uh, we will talk about mm. that in about two minutes. But this one is 38 minutes and 50 seconds of I'm a Mac, I'm a PC ads. And uh, if, you, if you had a feeling for nostalgia, you could see mm-hmm. uh, those ads and how Apple was positioning itself versus uh, Windows and, and PCs. And the reason I brought this up is because the one more to complete the set is the, you know, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC thing that uh, has just the PC guy come out and uh, reprise his role in John Hodgman, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the, the Apple Silicon event. So I thought that was that was neat, sort of a blast of the past. When did that, did, was that in the actual event itself? It was at the very tail end, like after the music played. Uh, and so we yeah. have this link um, from The Verge where they, they show uh, John Hodgman there. So they sadly did not bring out uh, Justin Long's character, uh, but it works just as well with, uh, with John Hodgman, who was, was sort of the, the breakout character for uh, what his role is. Yeah. Right. As the, the, the make fun of the PC guy. guy. Huh, cool. Yeah. All right. I'm always looking for courses and stuff like that and interested in, in how, um, you know, the sort of the nuts and bolts of, of working with, with iOS goes. And uh, one of the things I came across was uh, one of my, my, my uh, people at the office re- reminded me to check out the CS193P course from Stanford University. Um, and I forgot the name of the, the professor. I almost forget his name. Um, but uh, this year is the COVID edition because he's basically just like most university courses he's pre-recorded all of the, uh, the lectures um i'm actually on lecture going into lecture 11 um they're generally about an hour long um and he's this year it's all using swift ui so he's going through and does a lot of explaining i mean um he's kind of loosey-goosey about the way he talks about generics but he calls them don't cares um but uh um really informative sort of view of if you spend the time to go through it um there's a bit of sometimes a bit of lecture there's also reading material that goes along with it too you can do there's like reading for the for the students but um you can go through these these uh these demos and build the apps along with him um and quite goes quite de- deep into swift ui and you end up learning quite a bit about uh not just swift ui but the whole architecture the difference is that um i'm now doing it using the uh the new app version that we have with uh swift ui where you can build an app as opposed to relying on on the um the app delegate in the previous version so that was kind of a i had to sort of muddle through a few things because i not gone down the same path that the course does but um, really enjoying the course and like I said it's very informative about a lot of different things um, in you know lists and and of course the, the new grid stuff's not in it because it's pre-WWDC content or it's four months old this, this uh, series of lectures but mm-hmm. good stuff so I'd highly recommend uh, that if you're curious about if, even if you're just getting into Swift UI I mean a lot of it's you know review for iOS in general um, but uh, but sort of goes walks you through all the different bits and pieces you want to do and you know, and it's using you know um, MVVM yes model view view model sort of uh, style so that's good 
So it's it's good for people just getting into iOS, but it's also good for more advanced people too. And the other one here I have is uh, I just came across this today. I came across the other version, but I'm doing I'm using the clean version, which is the Gosh Darn Swift UI. I'm not sure if we talked about the Gosh Darn Swift UI uh, previously. Um, there's a, I think se- we have, a series actually. of these guys, but this has been updated for yeah. iOS 14. Um, oh, Siri, did I say Siri? No, I said <laughs> Swift UI. Go away, Siri. Um, my phone's listening to me. Um, yeah. So yeah, and it is, does a side by side between UI Kit and yeah, we did talk about this before UI Kit and the sort of new conventions in Swift UI and a bit of explanation behind it. So it's kind of a good reference guide uh, if you want to get a quick look on what's uh, what's the difference between Swift UI and UI Kit and that kind of stuff. So um, those are kind of cool. And actually, so uh, just as a as a bit of an update here, um, I have an app that I started in 2010 um, that is uh, written in Objective C, and a couple of years ago I started adding some new features uh, to it. So of course I wrote them in Swift, um, and this is before the codable was added. So I even have uh, Swifty JSON in there um, to sort of help me uh, transition. And uh, I decided to put an app clip in it uh, this year, and so the app clip is written completely in Swift UI. So I've got a an Objective C app with Swift in it, and I'm now adding a target which is written completely in Swift UI, mm. which is kind of cool. Yeah, but that's what I'm what I'm up to. So um, and Mark, you have a pick for us? I do. Yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, GitHub uh, page called uh, How to Undo Almost Anything with Git. Undo. Okay. Yeah. And you know, it's actually kind of old. Actually, as I look at it, it's from 2015. I didn't realize it was that old when I when I posted it. But mm-hmm. but uh, it's and, and we've seen similar things like this before. But I think they're always they're always pretty useful. Uh, just to have all in one place all of the different ways to to fix it when you screw up in mm. Git. So it talks about you know res- reset versus revert versus just checkout dash dash. But the one thing that that made it kind of interesting that I that I haven't seen as many places and, and I have to admit I've never actually used it is using the reflog command. Mm. And and so what the what reflog is is a history of all the times that head in in Git terms changed. So you know so if you commit something or if you change branches it, it keeps a record of all of that stuff in a big list and and using this reflog command you can actually go in and and sort of pick out uh, which commits you might want to keep around and which ones you might want to throw away and mm. back to kind of interesting extra extra tool in your toolbox next time you screw up and get yeah yeah i've used them end a few times obviously we've have yep. especially depending on your ci you may have um your, your continuous integration system you may have uh, a requirement to, to like for jira right you have that the jira ticket in there and if you forget to put that in there a lot of newbies do there's a way to go in and, and amend um mm-hmm. change the change the comment right change the commit message yep. yeah yeah and, and yeah you be gets, careful with that kind of stuff though yeah. if you've already pushed well like anything else if you've already pushed up to yeah, somewhere remote then yeah. careful yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah but there's a lot of times people get jammed and get jammed and i mean sometimes you yep. get so badly messed up you just go back and open a new branch and <laughs> cherry pick your changes and you know forget about the previous one right yep yeah cool. this is this is actually really good because it goes off of not here's what the commands it is what is it that you have done that is horribly wrong or that you would like to redo (laughs) and it's like undo a public change or you know reset local changes like i've seen some of these that are like oh here's all these commands and here's what you might i i don't even know where to start this one starts from here is the problem how to resolve the problem which i like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right cool hey before we go we didn't talk about homebot mini what do you guys yes no would you buy one so so i really like the idea I, i haven't bought one yet uh, and I, I might buy a couple of them, but I'm a little disappointed that they're not particularly interoperable with the HomePod itself. Oh, they're not. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't expect you to be able to, you know, do a stereo pairing with a home, a full size HomePod and a 
HomePod mini because there's such, you know, different hardware, you know, that it would be hard for them to match each other. But, but I would have liked to have seen more integration in terms of, you know, can I, can I make some cool like surround sound thing? Uh, and of course you can by placing them yourself and figuring out how sure, to do it yeah. yourself. Yeah. But, but I would have liked to have seen some software solution where you can hook these all up together. They're all aware of each other and they are adjusting each other's sounds uh, to optimize the whole set of them. And you can't do that right now. Right, you yeah. can stereo pair to HomePod minis or you can stereo pair to HomePods, but you can't mix and mash. So there you still can't so, do the quadraphonic dark side of the moon yet? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, you can <laughs> if you buy four. <laughs> well, can buy you? Four, be if either they, one. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did the stereo pair once with, with the two HomePods I have here. Yeah, that's, that's disappointing. So can you buy two minis and make them stereo pairs? You can. Oh, okay. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah, I think and presumably there'll be a future software update update that does this. I, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, and there's also the um, there's the new broadcast thing, which you, I mean, I know you live by yourself, but there's the Amazon uh, Echoes do this, where you can you can you know basically call like an intercom system in yeah, your house. The intercom. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And apparently you can do that now with with not just I don't think it's just the iPod or the sort of the, the HomePods. It's also available um, to your other devices as well, which is cool. With that, you can mix and match between the HomePod and the HomePod Mini. That is true. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's cool. Yep. yep. All right. What about you, Jaime? Would you buy one? or? I did not. I have, have Alexa the, family. I have just the one HomePod, and my place isn't really big enough to, to warrant having more of these. But mm. I can totally agree with Mark's point that it, it hypothetically could be like a Dolby Atmos setup where you've got like five or six different devices that are all working as one in order to provide a, a, a really complete whole room experience. I mean, that'd be really cool if you could do that. Yeah. But the, the price is just about right. I think they just about nailed it for what this would be. Uh, it, it's never going to be the, you know, um, Friday after uh, Black Friday after Thanksgiving, you know, $25, get a whole six pack of them sort of thing, like the way the Amazon Echo Dots would be. But it um, was it $199? I think that's a that's a reasonable price. You might you might get that without feeling like you're investing. Well, that's too for much. two. They're 99 bucks. Oh, that's right. It is 99. That's right. Sorry. It's been it's been a while yeah. since that event. You're right. At 99, it's, it's yeah, even yeah. better. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you could see them, you know, well, I guess it depends on how much in demand they are, but but I, you could see them on special for 75 bucks or something like that at some point if right. possible. Right. Yeah. Well, since, you guys, since we're talking about sound here, just uh, circling back to the MacBook Pro uh, M1, um, has a, a stereo speakers with high dynamic range difference and also has a studio quality mic. It's about three three mics, actually, um, compared to the Air. So that, so if you're into if you're an audio yeah, yeah. file and you want to make yourself yeah. sound really good on your Zoom calls, then you right. might want to think about the Pro. If but, you're that into audio, though, you're pro- you probably have a standalone mic. That's true. That's cool. true. That's yeah. for sure. But maybe you don't need one in this. Maybe you don't. See yeah. Um, how much RAM did I buy in this Mac? All right, well, I guess that's it for this week. So, hey, Jaime, if people want to get in touch with you, where would they find you? I'm on Twitter as at Dev of the Hair. All right, and Mark, if people want to get in touch with you? I'm still at Mark R at smapsoft.com. All right, and as I say... I think about that for a minute. Really? <laughs> been a while. <laughs> as I say every week, my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. And so until next time, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fireside.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, leave a comment on the website, or write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
We'd love to hear from you, so use the hashtag AskMTJC and we may mention you on the show. Friends of the show can also join us on the podcast Slack channel. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. Please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on patreon.com slash MTJC. Every dollar pledged helps a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Didn't seem like there was too much rust there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Well, Jaime and I are professionals. We still do this. We do this every week, right? It is a very different show, though. It is very different. I have to sort of think about. Wait, what do we have in this show? Mm. We have fact check, follow up. Okay, we don't have headlines. Mm. We have which is the same thing, really. Yeah, it's structurally very similar, but the 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 way things happen is different. Yeah. Well, that one we don't have to move things around like the after show doesn't come from the before show and that kind of stuff right yeah so we had our the coldest day of the year on sunday here really yep and that was of course the day my furnace decided to die oh nice so, yeah. so what's the deal with that you gotta get a new one or you gotta get it fixed or well here's the weird thing so it, it you know died on wednesday and uh i called the guy and he said he'd come today sorry called on sunday i have that and went sunday and so the guy said he could come today so I haven't had heat since Sunday. Luckily, it, it warmed up a little bit, but Sunday and Monday were kind of cold. <laughs> I had to so, go out and get so how cold was it like? It was in the 30s at night. Okay. I don't know. I have to do the math on that one. Uh, so 32 is, is oh, zero. zero. Right, right. Yeah. Really? That cold, so was eh? Yeah, it was cold. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, because we we've had we've had unseasonably. Uh, I mean, it's like summer today. Like it's you know yeah. summer weather, like seventies right now, right for us. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, which is great. I mean, it's you know we got, got a lot of work done. We had our snow tires put on today, so we're kind of taunting the gods, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, so the guy came today and he said, "Oh, it's just this." You know, the code was at this. You know, this uh, limit switch, which is basically if it gets too hot, it, tri- it yeah, trips. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Right, right. He said that was just that just got stuck and he fixed it and he's like okay it's done no problem right and then as he's getting ready to leave it happened yeah. again oh well, okay so he's like oh that's strange so mm. he's going through he's checking everything you know he's checking the vents he's checking the you know he's turning down the, the gas flow you know and, yeah. and he, he at the end he's like i don't know why this is happening it's just it's it's just happening and i can't fix it so i'm not going to charge you uh I suggest you call someone else. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's weird. It's it's just like um, that's like the thing that I had starting in 2017, right? With uh, at Christmas, it just stopped working, and then and then I, you yeah. know, if, if it was like if it got to like minus, like our our furnace room was not heated, right? Like we actually mm-hmm. we were convinced to use cold air from outside and blah blah blah. So we never bothered insulating that room. So if it got to like if it got colder than minus five outside Celsius. Celsius, then mm-hmm. the furnace mm-hmm. would fire. But if it got warmer, it wouldn't fire, right? Mm. And then, so that was the first sort of weirdness. And then, and then I found that after a while, I found that if I, if I, because uh, like it would be just sort of, I'd just take a crack at it, and if I'd look at the weather outside, it would, it would work for like a day or so, and then it would just stop, right? And then um, a couple of like, a few months later, I, I was dicking around with it, and I was checking out the, you know, I was going online, you know, reading about, you know, how to check furnaces and stuff like that, because the guys came in, they put a new pressure switch in, and that didn't do 
do F all, right? I ended up putting that old switch pressure switch back in because I'd rather have the original one, right? And um, so I found that if I pulled the, the circuit board forward, if I pulled the, like where the board was forward, it would fire. So I used like some duct tape to hold it forward for a cup for a month or so. And then the duct tape would eventually get hot and warm and, you know, it would, it would go back. Yeah. So then I put yeah. a little piece of two by four behind it, a little, you know, three inch square. And that worked for like a year, mm. <laughs> you know? And then, uh, and then, and then it just, uh, it stopped in March. Like it just gave, finally gave up in March. And, and, um, so I, you know, went through, I bought a new board. I still have the board here. I should, I should go on Amazon and sell it because I, I bought a board to replace the one I had. And, um, I finally got, you know, I thought, well, let me take the board out and look at the board, right? So I, I've ended up undoing the board that's kind of clipped, it's held in with clips and I flipped it over upside down and there was a big burn mark in the back of it because it had, hmm. it had blown out where the fan motor control was, right? Mm-hmm. And the, re- and the, the furnace guy that came in and helped me, there was one furnace guy who, he's the guy we ended up hiring to, to put our new furnace in and all that kind of stuff because he's the only person who texted me immediately as soon as I said I had a problem, right? And he's always like, here, try this and try that, whatever. One time he's in Florida, he did a FaceTime call with me with me holding the wow. the camera up to the to the furnace and the whole bit, right? So, so you know, of course, when it came to getting quotes and stuff like that, I said, we're going to get that guy to quote too because he's the only guy I trust, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, after all that I've been through, like three years of troubleshooting with him, right? And, um, you know, because we were making do, we had like, but we, we bought like a whole bunch of those oil. They're, they're basically look like little radiators, but they have, they've got oil in them and they heat up and they, they maintain the heat and they're much more efficient in terms of like electric heat, right? Oh, okay. But um, yeah, we have like five of them or something like that ridiculous now and we and this year for, for air conditioning we bought like three we have three of those you know portable air conditioner things you know with the hose that goes out the window so mm-hmm. yeah it was, so what he told me was it was probably the because i was bending the board i was actually making the connection right mm. and that also explains why when it got hot and cold it was actually making it was actually closing the circuit you know or yeah, so that it, so the power would run right so now i don't know i'd, I'd be i'd look at your board if i were you <laughs> well here's the funny thing yeah since the guy left it's been working perfectly yeah i mean go figure like so so yeah. but i've had i've had things like there's a there's a because um, we obviously we, we deal with i think furnaces i don't know if we guess we i would i'm going to say we deal with furnaces more than you guys do but i guess that may not be true right because you get used to the temperature around but the the um the there's a there's a sensor in there if you don't clean your filters out the yeah it'll overheat right but that's what this was that's yeah what this so was. If, that's a sensor that gets burned out yeah. and you have, you have to replace yeah. that i've had that re- replaced a couple of times and there was another one yeah. that uh, I do kind of wonder if if once it gets cold again if I'm going to have the same problem you know it's yeah. only because yeah. now that it's warmed up a little bit the furnace still runs but there's something about when it's really cold outside and it has to run extra hard right yeah yeah then it's then it's having the problem yeah well I mean we that. we ended up buying uh, we we had a train furnace before and we went and we all these people quoted us on these different things and it turns out they're all pretty much there's like seems to be a few of them that are made they just put different labels on them in fact we ended up buying an American Standard mm. furnace, but it looks identical to a train, right? The only difference mm. is it says American Standard on the front. Like, I mean, like, you know, on the train commercials, you look at the furnace and it's li- literally our furnace. Like, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, like the difference between a, a Pontiac and a Buick, you know, kind of thing. What, is right? it, what does it cost to replace a furnace? Is it like 5K, something like that? Um, yeah, a little bit less. I mean, well, in Canadian dollars, I mean, we, we paid 13 altogether, but that included um, a tankless water heater and, uh, and a new air conditioner as well. So we got a condenser. Oh, for outside that seems well. pretty cheap. That's Canadian too, right? So it's like what fifty dollars American, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I can't believe it would be that cheap here. I just don't. Yeah. I, I just can't believe it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. so, so the one thing I, one thing I found, yeah. And it's funny. It's funny that uh, like uh, there's, there's one good guy. I'll maybe I'll put, put a link in the show notes. Um, one good guy on, I think he's from, I want to say uh, he's in the Midwest somewhere. Right. And he's a young guy and he, he's, he's like, he takes apart all, he goes through like how to troubleshoot a furnace, how to troubleshoot a blower, how to like all the sort of the 10 things that goes on. There's one, there's one episode he does where his top 10 service related things with furnaces right mm-hmm. and he so he, he goes through he keeps a list for a year and he, he basically marks down how many times he gets called for these particular things right and then he rates them so he does the top 10 of all of the you know the, like 30 different uh, symptoms that he's dealt with over the year right but so the video he does he does the top 10 and then just for bonus he goes through the rest of the list <laughs> and mm-hmm. talks about the fixes for all these like it's just like everything you ever want to know about furnaces we're, we're afraid to ask right i tell you I'll tell you though what I have learned about furnaces they are just big barbecues with a with a blow, with a big fan motor pretty much yeah. yeah and a whole bunch of safeties right I mean admittedly right like you don't want to blow your house up but or burn it down right but yeah it, it they're they're not that sophisticated really you know oh is it is it gas is your gas or is it yours ours is gas yeah, ours is gas yeah. yeah okay yeah so if you know an electric furnace I would have no trouble going in there and just mucking around with yeah, it yeah for sure yeah but a gas one you kind of don't want to muck around yeah well if you so screw I'm, up, I'm, yeah I mean the thing about yeah. it is I can't touch the gas side. We're in fact we're not allowed to in Canada. Like the, the you have to be a gas fitter to, to do anything, even to buy parts or whatever. But yeah, because even if you don't even if you don't blow yourself up, you know you you set something wrong and yeah. the carbon monoxide level goes up yeah, and yeah, you yeah. die in your sleep that night, right? Well, we you have a, we have carbon monoxide sensors on our, our alarm system and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. but like I even I even ended up taking the blower motor out this year to try and because because you know that was one of the things is maybe the blower motor is burned out. So I've got a blower motor from Amazon. On and, and I pulled the whole unit out and I and I um, this guy's video showed how to basically wire it up so you could actually plug it into the wall and just run the run it like on on regular AC and and see what the problem was right and so I had this the, the blower motor in my bathroom like blowing like blowing a, like a house worth of air around in the bathroom it was like it was like being in a windstorm right mm. but yeah just just to check it out and it turned out there was nothing wrong with the motor nothing wrong with the blower motor so I ended up ended up putting it back even though I put the new one in from Amazon in and then I took this one out put it back in and yeah so i I've, I've taken my apart my furnace apart completely right down to nothing this year and put it back together mm-hmm. yeah and then you know we just you know we then we just finally resigned and just went and got a got a brand new new system right make yeah. ourselves seen what we started we started this conversation i mean is it's this time it was mark's furnace that died <laughs> yeah but it actually didn't die it just oh, it's doing what mine did it, which is it like, needed to rest for a while i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know when i was a, a wee lad i remember you know, playing the Nintendo, the Nintendo Entertainment System NES with uh, my cousins, and after a couple of hours of playing, your your parents would come in and say, "Hey, you know, you need to you need to let it rest. You need to let it rest. You go outside." Yeah, pretty sure it was just an excuse, okay. but I don't actually factually know if maybe it does need to rest, given that apparently furnaces do. Yeah, well, I mean, our furnace died after it was probably seventeen years because I think we put it in two thousand, right, when we redid our basement, and so we got mm-hmm. more. More years out of it than we should have, and I mean, admittedly, yeah. but the furnace we had Knock before, the furnace we had before I, that was thirty-five years old. So I mean, like you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I bought this house twenty-two years ago, and this furnace was already there. Oh, really? And you bought it second hand, like it was 
already it was it was not a new house new house like, was it brand new like a new construction house when you moved in no or? no 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 it was definitely not no yeah nobody but well some people do but in canada to people most people buy houses new um well no i mean, I mean some people do well but. so the thing about it is like like okay so the greater toronto area like you know um it's it's getting to be a little bit like la in terms of like the amount of houses and stuff around and how far it sprawls right because mm-hmm. um you know all the houses like, like you know there when i was when i first moved in with carol 20 years ago or 30 years ago uh, there was a lot of farm farms north of toronto right and all of those are now filled in with suburbs mm. right and then there's suburbs yeah, going that, all the way up sense. to barry up to the yeah. lakes whatever so i mean um yeah i mean i would think a lot of people are moving a lot of people are moving out to the suburbs to new new housing it's not like it, i mean i guess the gta area is a little bit like the valley where you are right but you know how you know how you can go from one you can it's pretty much like one continuous city from one like one to the other like you and i've drove yeah. and driven there before and it's like yeah they're they have different names and stuff but it's like streets with houses on it right right there's right. no sort of i mean there's a few spots where there's like you know as you go up the highway there's a lot of empty space but here in toronto it's pretty much yeah it's pretty much all houses all the time kind of thing now like when we used to, we used to drive to the cottage you know there'd be a lot of or the first you know third of the drive would be houses and then it would be you'd be in like you know wilderness with trees and whatever right um but now two-thirds of the way up to the cottage is, is just houses right mm-hmm. and that's you know over the last 30 years or so so there's a lot of a lot of um so yeah i think a lot of people at condos like condos go up like crazy here in toronto right so i think a lot of people like the smell of new drywall and primer i guess <laughs> you know off, off gassing from tile glue and whatever yeah i guess it's it's different here because there's very little space left to build new things yeah that's true and, and your houses so. don't necessarily like crumble and fall down like ours do right like you're not i mean you're relatively moderate climate right yeah that's that's for sure true yeah so yeah i mean our cars rust so do we, do houses in canada just kind of fall down really? no not really no not really but i mean <laughs> there's a lot of, the lot of construction i mean how neighborhoods get neighborhoods get gentrified as we call it right like our neighborhood mm-hmm. went through a real sort of gentrification you know where people mm-hmm. come in and they they take down the old you know like my house is built in 1910 so it has a you know an old 1910 facade but people take the fu- the fronts off and change the port you know change them and some of them burn down and they put up new ones with just brick yeah, yeah. whatever but yeah there's a lot of and some of them look like bloody architects designed them last week you know even they've been all you know dolled up right so yeah i don't know there's, i mean there's a, there's houses here in my neighborhood that are like you know hundreds of years old but you know there are houses that a lot of people live in that are you know built in the 70s built in the 80s 90s 2000s you know lots of new lots of new construction going on hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.